<sighs> Good morning. So, as we arrive, let's just sit for a few minutes to really arrive, to just be, and also I am told that roughly half of the people who have registered haven't checked in yet. Actually, it's starting to buzz a little bit. There's a little bit of feedback. I hear it. Let's turn it down just a tad. Uh, I'll keep talking. Okay, it's still audible, no feedback. Good. Maybe that's the sweet spot. We'll see. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll sit just to arrive and also give the chance to everybody else to literally arrive so that we start together. So with that, <sighs> arriving in your chair, in your cushion, Arriving in this moment. Fresh. Arriving in this moment, in this body, fresh this morning. Hello body, how are you? How are you doing today? Just check in. See what the body says. Hmm. Now let yourself relax, soften, let go. Breathe. just a few deep breaths, just to settle, just to arrive. (sighs) Just to say, welcome home. Just to say, welcome home. To yourself. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. Just sitting and breathing. Mm. 
Just sitting softly, gently. Letting the body be soft. Letting the breath be soft. No need to do. Simply breathing. Let that be enough. If you notice any tension in the body, soften. Soften. Relax around it. Let it melt. Continuing to arrive in every moment. If there have been thoughts and distractions, no problem. Arrive again in this moment. Arrive again. And again, and again, to your home. Feeling at home in this body breathing. Feeling at home in this moment. expansive moment.
Noticing the breath as it flows. How does the breath feel this morning? Allowing the breath to flow like a gentle breeze. Letting the breath be trusted. (coughs) The friend, the breath, who's been with you all your life.
letting the breath be friendly. Befriending the breath. Greeting the friend, greeting the friend, the breath with friendliness. A friend who's kept you alive, one breath at a time. What is the attitude of the mind towards the breath? Letting yourself entrust this moment's experience to the breath. Letting go, softening. Letting the breath breathe itself. Nothing to do. What does it feel like to entrust this moment to the breath? Softening, letting go of the body. Letting the breath be breathed. Letting this moment be received. Breathing with 
this moment. Receiving the breath. as it unfolds in this moment. So, arriving, settling, as we start our day of practice together. For those who arrived in the middle of this meditation, but would like to move further up, if you're sitting way in the back, but you, there's a plenty of space up here, so let's take a pause. If anybody wants to be sitting up here, you're welcome to. Grab a cushion. Zabutana Zafu. Great. Okay. Hmm. So, as Mark gave me an introduction, my name is Nikki, and uh, I'm delighted to be spending this day of practice with you. Um, Samatha meditation is pretty close to my heart. I've done a fair bit of practice uh, of concentration, um, especially with with my teacher, Venerable Pak Sayada, the Burmese teacher, who's who's known as the concentration master um, in this century, and. Um, it's a wonderful practice, as we'll explore together today. So, so my goal today in our practice together is whether you're completely new to this practice of, of concentration or whether you've practiced before, there will be something that you can take home. And 
it's all of our responsibilities to make that happen. So we'll co-create this day together. If there are questions, if there are things, if, if there are things that are not working, if there are things that are really working well, and, and I ask for your feedback and, and your comments, please share them with others, because whatever you observe, your, your, your observed wisdom can really help everybody else in the room see something perhaps they didn't see before freshly in their experience. So it's not just like me sitting here and talking, but we create this day together, this day of practice. Deal? Deal. Okay, great. Awesome. Good. So um, just to give you a set, an outline of what will be happening today uh, in, terms of, in terms of kind of the agenda. So, so we'll have basically four sessions today <coughs> together. Two sessions in the morning, lunch, and then two sessions in the afternoon. And lunch will be somewhat of a practice session too, but it'll be fun. You'll like it, I promise. So two sessions in the morning and two sessions in the afternoon. So the very first, uh, the first session, session number one, which is now, I'll be doing the most amount of talking and lecturing. Basically, I'll be talk, I'll be setting the context for the practice for the whole day. It's really the Dharma talk this morning, um, and you're welcome to ask questions, etc. And and then the other three. <coughs> The, the other three sessions throughout the day um, will be practice sessions. So the first one is, the first session is, is, is lecture, really setting the context, what is, what is concentration, what it's not, why practice it anyway, you know, blah, 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 all, all that stuff. And then the other three sessions, we explore practice, we, we explore the how more and more and more in those three sessions. So in the second session, which is our second, se- uh, se- second session in the morning, the first session of practice, we'll <coughs> be exploring um, the, the breath. Uh, by the way, today we'll be using anapanasati, breath, as, as a way of, of cultivating concentration. So in that session, we'll be exploring the breath frame and exploring the framework. In the third session, we'll be um, working with awareness of the breath measure, and it'll become clear um, later. So basically, we'll be working with a measure of the breath as, as described in the suttas, and I'll walk you through it to really experimentally figure out how, how does this work, how, do th- how to unpack these instructions, how to work with them. And in the last session of the day, the fourth session, um, we'll be working with the awareness of the breath body. What does that mean? I won't tell you now. <laughs> I'll leave you curious. We'll work with the breath body in the last session, which can be very interesting, and that really helps the awareness to really explore and, and, and um, explore the breath even more intimately and for, for the mind to settle even more with the object and for the concentration to settle. So just as important as the practices of the rest of the afternoon is this very first session because setting the framework, because I, I could just give you the instructions and you would go, but it wouldn't work. We really have to set the framework. 
of the mind of how to practice concentration. Because if you've ever practiced it, you know that sometimes the body can get tight. The mind can get really, really tight around it. And that's not helpful. The, this, the, the, the worst way of getting concentrated is wanting to get concentrated. That's the worst way. So in order to, for that not to happen, we'll spend this morning to really set the context and, and get the framework of what is the attitude in the mind, how, how this practice needs to be held in the mind and in the body for it to work before we even start with the practical instructions. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's really, really important. That's what you can't quite get from reading a book because if you read the book, it says, okay, bring your attention here and then you do that and then you get yourself in a knot, right? But how to actually approach the practice in the mind, in the body, the attitude, that, that is as important as the instructions. And if there's one thing that you leave today with, I would like it to be the attitude with which you hold the practice of concentration. So the, the attitude is as important or even more important than, than the detailed technique and the instructions. So with that, um, let me pause and ask if there are any questions before I start with the, with the lecture part of what and how and all that, what and why. Yeah. Yeah, about about intention. Okay, yeah, we'll get to that. Great, great. Okay, any other questions you want to plant? Yeah. I do concentration practice for quite a while. Great. And what I do is, um, you know, go in my heart and then it opens. Uh -huh. And then I go deeper and uh -huh. then I'm kind of lost not knowing where to go. Aha, okay, great, great. Great, thank you for that. Any other questions you want to plant? Yeah. Just uh, perhaps some basic instructions to use it as a tool to complement vipassana. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Good. Good. What else? What other questions you want to plant? Yeah. Um, perhaps trying to <coughs> excuse me use concentration in the moment, not just in formal practice. So, like during the day, as you're going through your day, uh, sort of dropping into it. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Great. Good, good. Okay, what other questions do you want to plant? Um, yeah. I'd love to hear a bit about the, um, the Buddhist context of um, samadhi practice. Uh, maybe even looking at the Buddha's life, who I believe started with years of samadhi before... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, great, great. Okay, cool. Other questions? Anything else you want to plan? Curiosities? Bring them out. This is your day. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So, great. I, I really appreciate all the questions. Um, and I will try to weave all the answers as much as I can. And the people who, are, who ask them... Now, it's your responsibility to make, to make sure I answer them, because if I happen not to, then ask them again later, okay? Okay, cool. Yeah? Did everybody understand the Yeah, I think the questions were pretty short this time. Did anyone hear the questions more or less? 
Yeah. I think later when the comments are long, then I'll ask you to... Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ellie. Yeah, great. Okay. So, let's see. How are we doing? (coughs) Okay. So... Let me see time-wise. Okay. So, all right. Um, so let's start with the basics. Let's start with um, just definition. Okay. Um, samadhi, samatha, concentration. W- w- what is it? Let's, let's get our operational definition straight. Okay. So <coughs> the word is... Uh, samadhi, and and it's generally translated as concentration in English, which is not the best translation, I'll tell you in a moment. But um, it's derived from the Pali prefix sam, which means together, the root da, which means to put or place. And it's related to the Pali verb sama. Da, samadahati, which means to put together or to bring together or to concentrate. So basically, samadhi means unifying the mind in a steady, undistracted awareness. So other words to, to try on for size is unifying the mind, gathering, unification, collectedness, non-distractedness, stabilizing, calming, steady, malleable, stillness, distractions at bay, hindrances at bay, the mind being protected. I like all these different ways of thinking and letting these words, as I was reading them, wash over you of, wh- of the way to hold this practice of samadhi. The problem with the word concentrated is, um, again, unfortunately, I, it's the word that's used most common to refer to this practice of, of samatha, practice of samadhi. But the problem with the word concentration is that in, in English, it the semantic frame conjures up a furrowed brow, concentrating, like really, it brings up this, this idea of a lot of effort. That's the only problem with it. So actually try this on for size for a moment. Just sit in, in your chair as you're sitting, and I'll read a few, this few of these words, and then you just breathe with them and see what comes up in your mind and your body as you relate to these different words, okay? Unified, just breathe in and out with unified or unification. See what comes up. And you just drop in the word unified, unified. Collected, collected.
calm. Just breathe in and out the word calm. Breathing in calm, breathing out. Say the word calm to yourself. Steady. Concentrated. Still. Undistracted. Stable. <coughs> now you may open your eyes. Did anyone notice any different feeling tones coming up from different words for you? Yeah? Would you like to share? Anyone? Actually, this would be a good time to, so that we can hear the comments. And just a couple of comments in the room. If you notice anything with these different, it was a short exploration. Usually if you do it longer, you'll notice a lot more, but yeah. I think one would be enough. Yeah, just a couple of comments. Yeah. Would you like to share? I saw you, yeah. Thanks. Lately I've been drawing and using color and so uh, I was seeing pictures with color and um, so my favorite word which surprised me was unified ah. and concentrated was uh, like a tight fist at uh, solar plexus level, but unified was like a straight line down the middle, um, calm and it wasn't tranquil, you used another word. Um, Stable st no, or collected, still. 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 Were in the lower abdomal, abdominal area and blue 
and and absolutely still. So this was fun. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you so much for sharing. Nice. Did anyone else notice any different feelings arise from these different words? Yeah, one more comment here. Thank you. I debated... Um, is this on? Mm-hmm. I debated sharing this, but it seems so important. Um, I was recently um, told by a psychologist that it's very possible that what I've been experiencing the last several months uh, is related to bipolar disorder. Mm. So the... Um, the words that you chose and why I chose to be here, mm. unification is absolutely mm. at the top of the list. So thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I felt a hunger for those things, a thirst for it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And that, that, that ties in with the motivation of, 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 of your heart's desire to, to be still unified, undistracted, which is a great motivation for practice. Yeah, great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's lovely. So just in that little exercise, words have more resonance in our body than we realize. And you probably felt something, and if you didn't, if you give it enough time, I bet you will feel the difference if you keep dropping one word versus another word. You'll see the resonance in your body. So, so the word unification or unify is really a lovely, lovely word to use. Um, again, you'll catch me inadvertently using concentration today because that's what we use in our tradition a lot. But unification, or the word actually samadhi, samadhi itself is the word to use because that's the practice, the practice of unifying the mind, settling the mind, undistractedness. So, few words on the difference between samadhi, samatha, and, um, and vipassana. So, let's, mm-hmm. let me talk about that. So, the word samadhi is the state, refers to the state of being unified. Um, the state of being well composed. So it's the state. Samadhi is the state. Samatha is the practice, is the practice of unifying the mind, is the practice of concentration. Um, so today you're here, you want to learn or, or deepen your samatha practice. And and our hope is that you will experience state of samadhi. Okay, so as you hear and read those words, and we'll include all sounds in, in our practice. Um, so, um, the vipassana, um, the traditional, so vipassana, the traditional um, description of it is contemplating the three characteristics, the three characteristics of anicca, impermanence, dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, and 
anatta, not self. So traditionally, it's a contemplation, seeing the three characteristics in all aspects of experience. So concentration, or actually, some I, ca- I catch myself, um, samadhi practice inclines the mind uh, towards more stillness. And the mind stabilizes in the concept and in the non-changing object when you practice samatha. With vipassana, we turn our attention to the changing experience. So in samatha, the mind gets stabilized in the unchanging experience, in the concept. It stays with the experience. Whereas with vipassana, we open up to the changing experience. So to say a little more, the practice of mindfulness. So nowadays, the pra- you know, if, if you learn, say, MBSR or other practices, you, you learn mindfulness, which is really vipassana because you are opening, your, you stabilize your attention first with a little bit of samadhi, and then you open up your attention to be with the, with the sound, to be with the pain, to, to observe the thought, to observe whatever arises and passes away. You're, rising, you're opening up the attention to all this changing phenomena that comes and goes, right? That is vipassana, which also nowadays is called mindfulness practice or insight practice, okay? Let me use another metaphor, which, which I learned from Steve Armstrong years ago, and I like The way he likes to talk about the difference between um, samadhi practice and vipassana practice is samadhi practice is like um, absolute monogamy. You choose an object, you stay with it. In this case, we'll be working with anapanasati, mindfulness of the breath. We'll be settling on the breath, and the breath is our object from beginning to an end. One object, the breath, okay? With Vipassana, it's like serial monogamy. (laughs) You're with the breath, and then you're with the sound, and then you're with the sensation in the body. You're with them, you don't move, you're monogamous, You, you really stick to them, you pay attention, right? And then there's a sound, you're with the sound, and then you come back to the breath, and then you're with that. So you see the difference? Okay, great. Great. So that's the difference between these practices, is staying with an object versus staying, staying with different objects. So why practice samatha? What is the goal? What is the goal of this practice? Why do it? I'll offer a range of, of whys. I'll start with the classical reason. This is a Buddhist center after all, right? So I'll start with the classical reason and I'll, I'll talk about the daily life reasons in a moment also. So the classical reason, Buddhist practice um, from Sutta Nipata 3599 is 
one who cultivates concentration, one who cultivates samadhi, sees things as they really are. So samadhi is really a precursor to vipassana. It's not taught alone in this practice. Samadhi is not taught alone. Concentra- I, oh, I fail. Concentration is, is not used alone. You, you, you practice it in order to practice vipassana, in order to practice mindfulness, in order to see things as they really are. Um, the reason is the mind gets very stabilized, gets really bright and really still and can really investigate the nature of reality in a way that it's not able to when it's distracted. The same way that, say, um, say, say you're, looking, you're standing up at a vista and you're looking far, far away, right? If you take, if you take a little telescope and, and the telescope keeps moving about, you know, you can't quite see the, the details of what's out there, right? Because I don't know if you've ever had an unstable telescope. It's just kind of like, um, binoculars, actually, not a telescope, binoculars. It's kind of, you can't quite see far out there. But if you actually stabilize it or put it on a tripod, wow, can you see? Can you see details? Can you see crisply? So that, that's like the distract that that's like the ununified mind when the mind is distracted you 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 sit to do vipassana practice or mindfulness practice the mind is distracted it's like this this binoculars that are kind of jittery you kind of like start seeing something but it gets kind of jittered out and can't quite make anything out putting it on a tripod is the samadhi practice you stabilize the mind Ah, and then you look through it, through the lens of vipassana. You look at reality and you can really, really see. You can really clearly see. So traditionally, that is, um, that is the reason for practicing. And the Buddha talked about samadhi practice constantly. It's, it's, it's in so many places in, in, um, uh, uh, in, in the suttas, um, I did an informal... Um, oh, actually, I need to tell you something before I tell you the next thing. So, so, um, so as state of samadhi deepens and really, really stabilizes, um, the mind gets absorbed. And this, get, the mind has this feeling of absorption in the object, in the chosen object, and natural um, proclivities of the mind, then then open up. There, there is there is um, one pointed concentration. There is uh, pity or energetic joy. There is feeling of sukha, which is which is this ple- uh, pleasant feeling. But all of these stabilize. Basically, these. Um, when they come together, th- this absorption is called the jhanas. So jhanas are states of deep absorption. When state of samadhi really deepens um, and gets stabilized. So, and states of jhana are talked a lot in the 
um, in the suttas. Once I did an informal survey of Majjhima Nikaya, the middle-length discourses, and there were only two words that happened more frequently than jhana. Guess what they were? Any guess? Any takers? Compassion? No. Enlightenment? No. Space? No. Samadhi? No. <laughs> Buddha and Dharma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so to share that the importance of samadhi practice is so important to suttas that, that just it's repeated over and over and over again. So the role of, um, of samadhi practice really is central in this path, um, according to how many times it is it's specified in the suttas. Um, so... One, um, I mean, besides the the, um, the the classical reason of practicing um, of unif- unification of the mind for daily life, it's also a great asset. Unifying the mind, settling and calming the mind, is a great asset in daily life practice. Um, because without this ability to calm and unify the mind, we're like puppets on evolutionary strings. You know, the mind goes this way and that way. Our, our minds just do that. It's the, the minds like to think about this and the other, and especially nowadays, um, we seem to be training our mind for distractedness with our multitasking. Um, I think... 20 years ago, I know my mind wasn't like this. Nowadays, because I can check my email, then I can do this, and I can send a text, and I can, you know, drive, and it just, the mind, every moment, it's like, how can I feel, how can I feel this moment? So the mind is constantly looking, and I can read the New York Times, and just, you know, the, the mind constantly is looking for a way to fill the next moment, and it can with technology, Right. If if you boarded a bus twenty years ago, people would be sitting and staring out the window and just letting the mind rest. Now board a bus. <laughs> Everybody's on their device, right? So we're training our minds for distraction. And guess what our minds do when we want to sit and meditate? Surprise! You know, we're training our mind the whole day to do this thing, and then we're upset. Well, why are you distracted? You know, sitting. Of course. Of course, of course, we're feeding it a diet of distraction, of multitasking the whole day. So, so in a way, our minds become like a dog that's completely controlled by smells. Have you watched dogs that are just running around and, and they're just going this way and that way? And um, so, by by practicing. Um, Samatha, practice of samatha, we can we can bring more more stability, more ease, um, 
a feeling of safety, a feeling of healing. I'll, I'll share from my own practice. I, mean, I know that um, for me, when I just sit and I drop in with, with my breath, and I'm just breathing, and then, and then there's this sense of the mind being settled, the mind being unified. The whole body relaxes, the whole mind relaxes. It's a feeling, it's, it's a healing feeling. It's really healing not to be distracted, for the mind not to be pulled. There is so much rejuvenation and delight in a stable, undistracted mind. Hence the title of this day long, the joy of samadhi. It is joyful. If it's not joyful, it's not samadhi. <laughs> it's just... Ah. So that's the reason to cultivate it, the motivation to cultivate it um, in practice and have the ability to come back to it when you're waiting in the doctor's office, when you're sitting on the bus, when the moments that you you want to drop into it, it's it the muscle is is trained. It's available for you. You can drop into it and be there. Another motivation is also be, to give us insight not just insight, as I described, into the nature of things as they are, which is the classical reason, but the precursor to that is insight into ourselves, into our psychological, emotional process. Again, similar to that, that wobbly um, um, lens. Um, you know, if, if, if we're tossed around by our emotions, we can't quite see, we can't quite have clarity or insight into what is going on in order to have a bigger perspective. It's with that stability of mind that we can actually step out of it like a good friend tapping on our shoulder. Okay, sweetie, this is what's going on. It's okay. It's that stability that we can have within ourselves to have insight into our own psychological process um, with more objectivity in observing what is going on. Because the mind more f feels more cooled, more stable. It's not tossing in the waves, but we've built a pier that we can stand on and watch the waves as they're being tossed about. Another advantage is, as we go through the process of trying to cultivate samadhi, oh, do we, ser do we see the patterns that arise in our minds? Because that's what happens. We try to bring our mind and settle on an object, and all the patterns that we have, all the ways in which we go about doing and getting and being or whatever, shooting or whatever our personal pattern happens to be, it's going to come up and you get to really, really see it and work with it in the container of patience because this practice takes patience. You know that already. I don't have to tell you.
There is a lot of wisdom and learning that occurs in the process of developing samadhi and learning to let go. It's really learning to let go, learning to let go over and over and over again. As long as we keep in mind that the ultimate goal of all of these practices we do, samadhi, vipassana, metta, the goal of all is to eliminate suffering. As long as we keep that goal in mind, we can learn a lot about the cause and effect of what arises. I also want to speak about the potential pitfalls of this practice. Truth and advertising, my advertisement. So the potential pitfall isn't so much, by the way, in developing samadhi practice itself, but more associated with um, practices of jhanas and absorption states um, because they can be so pleasant and so unearthly pleasant that people can get addicted to them. And addictive personalities tend to get more addicted to those states. And the reason why it's a pitfall is that in of itself, it can be refreshing and rejuvenating. But if one is getting into those states and just checking out and hanging out without any purpose, it's like taking a drug, drug trip. There's no point to it, really. You know, you've already got rejuvenated, you've got your wisdom, you, but you're just checking out and it's not helpful. It's a waste of time. It's it's a dead-end trip. The, the, the reason, again, Samadhi, all of jhanas are practiced is because it the mind becomes laser, laser sharp, really clear. And then when you apply that mind to vipassana, to mindfulness, it's just vistas open up that, that couldn't be opened up before in a regular state of mind. So... So it's not unusual, by the way, uh, when one first develops the state of samadhi and, and one in, uh, tastes the, the pleasures of it to want it more, just be aware of it. I mean, don't no need to freak out and say, oh, I'm getting addicted! No, no, no need. Just be aware. It, it's totally normal. It's totally normal, and it's kind of expected. Like, oh, you kind of want, oh, that was so good, I want some more of that. Just notice that. Just simply notice that. And after a while, it's like, okay, been there, done that. Okay, it's, it's, um, it's interesting and, and not that interesting. So to share from my own experience, um, so when I started to, to practice um, um, samadhi years ago, um, it was 
exciting, curious. It, I mean, my mind was opening up to places that I didn't even know existed. It was like a trap door was opening. And it wasn't like I was doing it. So, so one thing that we'll get into is you will think, you, even though you think you have to do a lot, there's not so much doing. What you do is you set the, the, um, the proper um, uh, supporting factors in place. Right? It's like if you want to get an A in the course, um, you can't will yourself to get an A. You get yourself interested in the topic and you study and like, oh, this is fun. Oh, this is interesting. So you, you just read and you, you, you enjoy the course and then you take the test. Oh, I got an A. You know, that's, it's a much better way for it to happen than you will yourself. And it's just um, to in order to, to, to get an A. Does that make sense? It's, if, if you bring up the inspiration, if you bring up the, if, if you um, bring up the interest, and if you just do the study, the A will happen. It's not that you will make the A happen. If you, if you study, the A will happen. So, so, it's, so the, the study is putting the right conditions in place, which we'll talk about in a moment. But just to share from my experience, um, this trap door that I was opening, you know, I was, I was doing the practice. Um, and by that time I had learned enough that if I really wanted to get concentrated, it wouldn't work. I would get totally tight. My body would get tight. My mind would get tight. It just wouldn't work. So there was a surrender. There was a letting go that just had to happen. Um, and then there was this trap door that would open to this, to these various states of stillness and, and um, what's called pity, which is a rapture in different ways, the rapture showing up in the mind and the body, like, whoa, nobody told me this mind-body could do that. There's nowhere in the manual. It just kind of happens. Um, and this is not something that you do. It just happens. Um, so the states of absorption as they unfolded for me in my practice they were interesting, and I had a lot of curiosity about what are these states? What 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 is happening in the mind? What are these states? And and then after exploring them for a while, I mean, they're great, they're interesting, but so what? It that's not where the point of practice is. So to say that the samadhi and and jhanas themselves have been really, really important in my, in my vipassana practice. They've really stabilized the ability of the mind to see it and to really explore. And above and beyond that, it's um, there. It's like not that interesting to just hang out in them. So. Anyway, I can talk more about it, but I'm I'm trying to both tell you what's what's um, what is the motivation, what can be attractive, what can be um, addictive, just all to holding all of these things as you practice. Keep them in mind. So let me pause for a moment. There's a lot more I want to say. Ne- next, I will be getting into um, the supporting factors for concentration stability of the mind, supporting factors and how to actually, the how framework. But I want to pause for a moment. Any questions in the meanwhile? Yeah. 
I'm revelating because I realized that what happened was I started meditating in 1977 and I was doing fine for years and then I went to a teacher who taught the Vipassana uh -huh. and I started trying to do it that way and that's when everything, it's like there was an explosion in my head and the war began and it was like after trying to, you know, keep, I mean, keeping my mind unified was a full-time job. Mm. And suddenly somebody saying, oh, no, you don't, don't worry, don't do that. Just, you know, let everything come. And I just didn't understand how that could screw me up. Mm, right. So this has been extraordinary. Thank you. Yeah. So what you're talking about, let me repeat that um, since, for both for the recording, if it is recorded, we'll see, but for other people to hear is, is that you were practicing uh, um, samatha, so, so unification of the mind, and when you start to practice and really open up to everything, it, it, was, it was too overwhelming in a way. Without if, guidance. Without guidance. Right. Yeah, you were making an important change. Exactly. So now you see, you really see the distinction between being in one option, unifying the mind, and opening up. It's really a choice. It is a choice. And there was a thing about one is better. Oh. Vipassana is better. Oh, right. Oh, interesting. Vipassana. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. And, and that Vipassana is better than, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're both great practices. Vipassana usually, classically, comes after practicing samadhi. You, you practice samatha in order to practice vipassana. So they go together. So tell you what, this might be a good time to take a little break, um, stretch break. Um, and we'll be back in 15 minutes and we'll continue.
Okay. Whoops. So a couple of questions came up during the break that I just wanted to, to share with, with all of you in case it's come up in your minds also. Um, one was um, when I was trying to do truth and advertising and also talk about the pitfalls of, of um, concentration practice. Um, I realize in my desire to, to be really upfront, I might have given too much of a uh, bad rap. <laughs> so let me tell you what I meant. <laughs> let me clarify. So the, um, the um, addictive qualities are mostly with what's called the jhanas, which are the, deep, the states of deep absorption, which take a lot of time and effort going on retreats, practicing hours and hours a day, and, and jhanas, th those states of deep absorption may or may not arise. So it's, it's, it's mostly with those states that addictive qualities can show up. But with just developing unification of the mind, just developing stillness, just developing, um, settling, and a state of samadhi in general, those Surgeon General label uh, warning, that does not apply. Mm -hmm. So, just want to be clear. So, I wanted to say in general, it, it, well, in specifically in, for those absorptive states, those can, they're so pleasant, they can be addictive. But for what we'll be practicing today, exploring in our practice in daily life, they're pleasant, they're as they should be, they're joyous as they should be, but that intense addictive quality isn't there. So <sighs> does that make sense? If anybody's concerned, please, or any questions, please raise your hand. Yeah. I should tell you what, Ellie, keep it next time. When you take it... Oh, oh it produced feedback. But, but if, what if you turn it off? If turn it off next time. Great. My question is, I'm always... Um, I'm doing that always in my head. I'm always asking, what is the pitfall? What is... what? What's the negative point? Okay, it's all good, but what what is the negative point? What is the uh, pitfall? I'm always doing that anyway in my uh -huh. head, uh -huh. with anything. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I don't know if it's because of the university training or uh, the personality <laughs> trait or was it yeah, something yeah. I was born with, but I'm always doing that analysis yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And it sometimes is a barrier to listening. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and sometimes it's great. Um, but here, in this instance, I was already thinking what you were going to say, <laughs> uh -huh. and I was so glad that you said it. So it wasn't all positive. <laughs> oh, great. Good. <laughs> great. I'm glad you're relieved. Sounds good. Yeah. So the other thing that also came up, another question that I wanted to share with you um, that came up is, um, again, on the uh, relationship between... Uh, samadhi practice and vipassana because samadhi seems like your mind is on one object all the time 
Whereas with Vipassana, you're open up, opening up to different objects. So how do they relate? How, how is it that doing one is going to help you with another? So that is because as you develop samadhi and your mind becomes really stable with one object, it's like instead of looking at one object, you start to look at it with a, a microscope. And then when you take that well-trained microscope to Vipassana from one object to another object to another object, you're not just looking at it with general eyes, you're looking at it with microscope, and that's when insight really arises. So that's how samadhi can, can be helpful in Vipassana. Another question that came back, that came up and I should give a nod to is, is um, in, in, for example, Mahasi style of practicing Vipassana, um, there is a little bit of developing samadhi at the beginning, but it's mostly integrated. So it's called dry vipassana. That approach is called dry vipassana because you don't develop deep concentration before you do vipassana. While you're de developing vipassana, doing vipassana, the idea is that your mind will develop um, stillness quality and concentration from being with objects moment to moment, even though it's moving from object to object, but it's that monogamy part, even though it's serial, but since you're being monogamous and sticking to an object and then sticking to the next object, so that's still developing the unification of your mind. So that's why in that way of practice, samadhi is not so much practiced necessarily as a chunk ahead of time. It is still practice. Still you settle your mind in the morning, you know, with, in your practice with the breath, and then you open up. You don't right away open up to everything. But just wanted to, to give a nod to that approach also. So before we move on, um, any other burning questions from this morning? Yeah. Well, I mean, also my experience and understanding of Vipassana is that you yeah. come back to the breath. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that, that you do, you're noting, you're, you're, but, but, but you're also concentrating on coming back to one to to build the stability, to build the stability, yeah. And again, that is a part of the way Mahasi approach teaches it. So it's part of that. It's not a big part. For example, if you practice with Pak Sayada, he would train you for months to practice samadhi. You're, you won't even do vipassana. You do months, weeks, months of, of, of samadhi, develop jhanas, develop all of them, and then, only then, do you start opening to the three characteristics. So just to, to show you the difference in styles, because we've practiced so much in the Mahasi style, when we say Vipassana, it's like, oh, that's Vipassana. But there's so many different styles. And there's also the Utejaniya style, which doesn't even really go back to the breath that much. It kind of does, but anyway, we'll be talking for days if you get me started talking about all these styles. So, <laughs> so anyway, okay. So let, let me continue about um, the supporting factors for concentration, uh, stability of the mind. Okay. So in this section, um, I want to share with you um, the framework to put in place, as I was talking about this morning, the, the how, the, 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 the attitude is just as important or even more important than 
bendy object and how you do it. And our overall attitude about this practice really comes into play um, even before we sit on the cushion. It's how we approach it, how we think about it in our minds. Are we trying to get concentrated? Are we trying to get it? Are we using the same mind that we're using in our work, in our business, in our, in our achievement-oriented world to get concentration? So really being clear of what is the mind um, that is meditating. I'll come back to that. Um, so this attitude is not just on the macro level, but it's also on the micro level. Because on the micro level, it will affect every moment when, you, when the mind wanders. How are you going to bring the attention back? What is the attitude in the micro level? And in the macro level, it really sets the whole tone of your practice. So it's very important, the attitude, the way we hold it. So... As we talked about earlier, the word concentration tends to conjure up a feeling of tightness for many people. Um, I loved uh, how you expressed it as this, this tightness in the solar plexus. And if other people experience that too, I, I usually experience it with tightness in my shoulders and my furrowed brows. I, a lot of times when I actually look around, I see people, con- you know, when they're doing concentration practice, they're they're doing it with their forehead. They're just like tightening their forehead. And I kid you not, I used to that, do that myself and early in my practice. And my head would hurt. I would get headaches. And I wouldn't know why. I didn't know why I was getting headaches. Because I was trying so hard, concentrating. Um, and I wasn't even aware of it because there wasn't enough awareness of my body I was just so focused on the object, on this breath. I was so focused on it that I had no connection with the body. So the idea of, the first idea I want to, to present to you is is necessary idea of relaxation. The body needs to be relaxed. The body needs to be soft when you're practicing samadhi. It's really important. When the body is tight, guess what? The mind gets tight. When the body is relaxed and soft, as soft and as relaxed as it can possibly be, and then some, and then the mind naturally settles. It just naturally settles. It's so interesting to observe that. From the Buddha, from Majjhima Nikaya 36.31 is when he um, was practicing uh, before he had become the Buddha, before he had become fully realized, and he was practicing these austerity, austere practices of not eating, and and um, it, he hadn't discovered the middle way yet. And the memory that came up in him was the memory of him as a child. Um, He says, I recall once when my father the second was working and I was sitting in the cool shade of a rose apple tree. That 
idea of sitting in the cool shade of a rose apple tree. And that's when, as a child, he first, he's so relaxed and happy. And out of that joy and that relaxation, he falls into an absorption, into a state of samadhi. And then remembering that when he's sitting under the Bodhi tree and, and nothing is quite working, he remembers, ah, that, could that be the way? To liberation? Could it be that? So it's through that samadhi, through that, that um, relax, relaxation that, that gave rise to state of samadhi, then it unfolds for him, this path unfolds to, to full enlightenment under the Bodhi tree. But it, that's really a pivotal moment when you read the story of the Buddha that he remembers that memory of feeling relaxed and falling into a state of, of absorption and samadhi as a child. So, the feeling of relaxation cannot be under-emphasized. Under, um, um, one instruction I like to give, and I follow it myself, is... Um, it's important for the spine to be straight, but the spine being straight when you're practicing um, doesn't mean that your body needs to be tight. Your spine holds you up, then the rest of your body can be relaxed. Actually, try that. Just exaggerate it for a moment, just, just to get the feeling of it. Let your st- spine be straight, sitting straight, as if a mountain with integrity holding you up, the spine holding you up. And then breathe and let the rest of your body completely, the muscles, just relax and fall away from your bone. If your body was a block of ice, imagine it melting, drip, drip, drip. Your spine is straight, your body has integrity. And let your body completely relax and droop with every out-breath. Let your body droop some more. For the purposes of this exercise, let's totally over-exaggerate it. Just totally let your body just droop. Just really just to get the feel. Wherever there's any tension, soften, let go with the out-breath some more. Until your body feels totally relaxed, (coughs) soft, and then still with the out-breath, let go some more of any tension. For the purpose of this exercise, it's okay if your head droops, it's fine. We're over-exaggerating just to get the feeling. Really let go, soften, let go.
completely let go. As if you're opening your hand, letting all the tension fly away. feeling of relaxation is the first thing I like to share with you. The mind and body being totally, completely relaxed. And when you think it's totally relaxed, then relaxing it some more and surprising yourself with the tension that was still there. Second factor is considering the joy, allowing the pleasure that arises when you breathe, befriending that. There is nothing wrong with pleasure. There is nothing wrong with joy. It arises and passes away. Allowing your mind to recognize the joy the joy of being alive, the joy of breathing. The pleasure of breathing. The pleasure of breathing within this body. Enjoying the breath as if your breath was laced with honey. What does she mean by that? Explore for yourself.
So allowing a sense of enjoyment, allowing a sense of joy and delight to pervade, to be associated with the breath. It's not so much the attitude of hard work, which can only pay off in the short term. But when there is ease, joy, and pleasure in the body and the mind, a sense of ease naturally unfolds. The mind would want to stay with the breath and breathe. in the transcendental dependent origination, concentration samadhi is born out of happiness, sukha. Which is born out of tranquility or pasadi is born out of rapture, pity, which is born out of joy, pamoja, allowing there to be joy, allowing there to be enjoyment. You can continue to listen with your eyes closed, or you can Open your eyes if you choose as I move to the next foundation to, to put in place for samadhi. And that is a sense of seclusion of the mind, a sense of renunciation of the mind letting go of thoughts, letting go of other objects, allowing the mind to be secluded. Allowing the mind to renounce thoughts, distractions, and enjoy the safety, the ease of being secluded.
as thoughts arise as we try to develop samadhi, we simply say, not now. We let go gently. We open our hands and let the thought go as we return to the seclusion of the mind. Being with the breath. That is the difference between developing samadhi and vipassana. In this practice, we don't open up to thoughts or sensations or sounds. We let them go. We let them go, we renounce them for the purpose, for the sole purpose of developing stability and calm in the mind. There is nothing inherently wrong with thoughts or sensations or emotions. But for this practice, right now, we let them go. We choose to let them go in order to strengthen the unification of our mind, the stillness, the stability. As alluring and as attractive it is to think, we let go. We embrace an attitude of renunciation. We embrace an attitude of renunciation. Simplicity, keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. And the way we turn our attention away, letting go of thoughts and other mental objects, sensations or sounds, the way we do that is with a lot of gentleness we don't yank the attention back. We gently let go. We gently renounce. It's a gentle yet persistent effort. This is key. This is key. The level of effort every moment 
is very gentle. The body is soft. The mind is soft. The level of effort to keep the attention on the breath and let go of thoughts is very light, as if we're lightly touching, very lightly touching, yet it's persistent. We do it over and over and over. Within a session, you will do it a thousand times. But every time, it's gentle attention. The level of gentleness you need to pat and stroke a newborn That is the gentle with, with which you hold the attention on the breath and you bring back the attention, letting go of distractions. Allow the, there to be a lot of gentleness. In the container of kindness. To yourself. You're developing this practice not because you should but out of kindness and compassion for yourself. Let there be a sense of surrender. It's another key. And the attitude we try to develop and hold, the sense of surrender to the process. Surrendering to the breath. Receiving the breath.
feeling a sense of safety in the breath. Your breath, your friend. Holding the breath with friendliness. Noticing what attitude is present in the mind right now. What is the intention that's arising? I'll go over the list and check to see if these are present. Is there relaxation in the body? Is the body relaxed, as relaxed as possible? Something that helps sometimes is to imagine you're sitting in a warm bath. Allowing the body to really soften and relax. Notice if there is joy, enjoyment, pleasure. In the process of breathing.
as the breath flows. Is there an ease that unfolds? Is there an attitude of seclusion in the mind, renunciation of letting go? An intention to renounce thoughts, their mental <coughs> objects just to develop stability, stillness, and spacious of mind, spaciousness of mind. Letting go of distractions gently when they arise. Opening your hand, letting go. Gently bringing back the attention to the breath. Checking in to see if your effort is balanced. If it has a light touch. Whether it has persistence, renewing itself every moment, but with a light touch. Checking in if there is a feeling of surrender present to the breath, allowing the breath to be received however it is, deep, shallow, short or long.
the getting it attitude does not work. What does work is a sense of surrender and ease with gentle yet persistent effort. So the attitude in the mind, the way we approach the practice, is just as important as the technique, which I haven't even talked about. We haven't talked about any technique yet. You've noticed? This is all about attitude so far. We're getting ready for technique this afternoon. This is all about attitude. The mind has to have the right framework in order for the technique to be dropped in and for it to work. So as you are, actually first let me ask if there's anything that came up in this process as you were trying on these various aspects on for size. Actually I had planned to talk about them but it seemed like it lent itself so well to you guys experimenting the guided meditation. Yeah, I get a thumbs up for that. Thank you. <laughs> it just worked better, so it became a guided meditation instead of a lecture. Yay. <laughs> so, what, what did you notice if you noticed something new in this process? It would be lovely to hear your, your shared wisdom in the group, if anyone likes to share. Yeah. Oh, oh there... Uh, Oh, sorry, somebody already has the mic in the back. We'll get to you. Okay, please go ahead. So I've heard Gil say that somewhere there's a middle road with this, yeah. that it's great to have joy and it's great to be relaxed, but yeah. there is some effort involved, yeah. and I found myself trying to find that place. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's something you're going to get to this afternoon, yeah. but I don't know if you can say a few words about that now. Absolutely. So... So uh, tell me first in your experience, um, when you were searching for that place, how, how did that show up in your mind, body? Tell me more so I understand where that question is coming from. Um, I think I was, oh, wait, okay, take the mic back, please. <laughs> I think I was really trying to focus on all of those positive attributes that yeah. you were putting out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I, I know I've heard him say several yeah. times that, you know, that, that there's, that there's right. more to it and that, that you do have to put the right effort into so, it. So actually, the reason why I'm asking you is, did this come from your mind or something happened like this isn't working, what's wrong? That's what I'm asking. What was happening for so, you experientially? I think it was... Um, 
I kind of went back to something you had said earlier um, when we were trying to relax and and let the body melt and kind of envision that ice melting thing. Um, And then it's like, okay, but there's still a little tension here. And is that okay? And what do I do with that? And oh, now I'm back to the breath again. Uh And (laughs) so just, I, I guess just that, arising and passing away and, and being with the breath and then getting lost in thought and coming back. And okay. 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 Great. Great. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. So, so, um, basically what we were doing here is really setting the attitude and, um, what you were experiencing when you were basically, that's what happens with the mind, right? The mind went to notice, Oh, there's some tension. What do I do? Or do I come back? And okay. So, where is that effort now? Is this too much efforting? Is this too little efforting? Is that, you know, that's where the question comes up, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. So I want you, yeah, perfect. So we found that. <laughs> we found where the question came up. Yeah. So, so in that crux, right, right in there is, um, so to notice I haven't talked at all about technique yet, right? I haven't even talked about where to put the attention, exploring the breath in detail. We haven't got anywhere with that. Right. This is just setting that attitude. So it is absolutely correct that there is a balance um, in, it's, it's called balanced effort, right? So there's a balance. So how does that balance come in? For most of us Westerners, we err on the side of too much effort. So by actually relaxing more, that, um, that can that that effort will still be there. It's gentle, persistent effort. And in the instructions, you know, when I was talking about the level of effort you need to pat a newborn, right? If you're patting a newborn, that level of gentleness, that's the level of effort you need to bring the attention back to, to keep it on the breath here or wherever. It's, so that is, there is effort. So it, there's effort. The effort is gentle. That's number one. And it's persistent. It's over and over. It's not wham. It's woof, 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 woof. It's this. You keep having that effort. It just does not pretty much stop until like, the mind stays and it goes again and again. And then after a while, when your mind settles, maybe it becomes like this every few seconds. You see my hand? It keeps going? Yes. Right? So, so the effort is there. It's gentle. It's persistent. And then later it becomes less and less. You know, you have to bring your mind back less frequently because it will wander off less frequently. But at the very beginning, when you sit, probably you'll be more like this. Or <laughs> Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Very helpful. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Yeah, right. Oh, actually, wait, wait. We had one person queued up. Sorry. Um, I guess my question is um, expansiveness and focus. How does it go together when, you know, when you 
Yeah. It's a gu uh, guided medication, meditation. That too. I get very expanded. Yeah. And then I don't know how to stay focused. Ah, so tell me more when you get expanded. What and you so don't know how to stay focused. Tell tell me. I'll understand yeah. the question. More. So my main focus usually is my heart. Uh huh. So I focus in my heart, and then I hit this place. That's just vast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, in a way, it's kind of as if I'm in an ocean, yeah. swimming and you know, yeah. being in this bottomless right. ocean, right? Lovely. And yeah. But I don't know how to focus in the same time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the reason why that is happening for you, which is beautiful, by the way, it's beautiful that your mind is settling into into a space of... Uh, expansiveness and spaciousness that is lovely and the reason why after that the mind becomes unsettled like okay I where's my mooring where's my anchor it's because it's because of the nature of the object that the mind is settling on um, the breath tends to be more definite more refined you can still get in touch with it whereas selling in the heart as as lovely as as that practice is, and heart expanding as it is, it can become um, just as you're just as you're experiencing. It can become hard to track. It can become hard to to land on. So understand? Do I understand right? So I, I experience a space of expansiveness. Mm -hmm. Then I go back to breath and just focus on breath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Because we can be expansive with the breath. You can be, you can be with the breath, and it can be expansive. It doesn't need to get tight. Yeah. 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 Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Seems a little weird. Um, you mentioned, uh, and it was the first time I I've, I've heard it. Um, feeling and allowing pleasure, in the context of anapana. And um, I noticed myself resisting it, yeah. Because uh, I, I kind of, I guess I focus on dukkha mm. and not wanting to cling to it. Yeah. And um, yeah. how do you, how do you find that balance? Mm. I'm so glad you spoke up. I was waiting for someone to speak up about that. Yeah, that's great. So. Um, so pleasure tends to get a bad rap for obvious reasons, right? So sensual pleasure gets a bad rap. Yet, um, joy, pleasure, all... Um, actually, let me just stay with, with... So in the mind, there can be... Um, Sukha Vedana, Sukha feeling tone, pleasant feeling tone, pleasurable feeling tone that can be born out of a wholesome um, um, action of the mind. So there's nothing wrong with that pleasure, nothing wrong. And pleasure also when it's seen and it's felt it arises and passes away. Pleasure only becomes problematic 
in this practice or in any practice or in this path, when you hang on to it, when you cling to it and you want it and you want more of it and you make it stay, don't let it go away. But when you feel it, it arises and passes away. It's impermanent like anything else in this life. It's, it's okay. There's nothing, there's no danger in pleasure. Just feeling the pleasure and seeing it arising and passing away. One of my moments of insight years ago was, was at, at Forest Refuge. I was sitting for three months with Park Sayada, and at some point I was eating this delicious food and this chocolate and, and just enjoying the pleasure and seeing it arise and pass away like everything else. And really, so it's, so enjoying the joy, really enjoying it without clinging to it. Does that make sense? So enjoy the pleasure. When you, when the breathing gets, gets rhythmic and, and the mind settles, there is this, this feeling of rapture and joy that just bring, that comes up, that trap door that I was talking about, there are a lot of trapdoors in the mind. The pleasure just comes up. It's, it's wholesome. It's natural. It's the reward of a concentrated mind. And it's okay. It's what then helps the mind settle more. That happiness, that joy helps the mind settle more. And then the mind settles and more pre- pleasure and rapture and sukkah and, and, um, and pleasant feeling tones come up, which then settles the mind. Which that so they just kind of they work like this together. So in my instructions, as I'm suggesting to to mention to 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 notice the joy, <coughs> notice the ease. It's to tap into that to kind of like, like take a little kindles and and start a fire. That's that's the idea there. If you are getting attached to the pleasure. Oh, make, where is it? She's talking about pleasure. It's not there. Ah, how can I make pleasure? Then if it becomes a source of suffering, then it's a problem. Or if it happens and it goes away and, you know, you, you can get really tripped up. But if it's like, oh, pleasure. Oh, okay, went away. Okay, fine. Oh, it's back again. Oh, that's pleasant. Oh, that's nice. Oh, went away. Okay. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank. Thank you so much for the 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 lecture slash guided meditation. And uh, because I really like the idea of settings, um, but I was going with the meditation. I find myself wanting to list. The settings, yeah. the points you were making from that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the only thing that would have been nice about the lecture would have been to have been able to write them down. Yeah. And so yeah. I was wondering if it would be okay to grasp for the list <laughs> <laughs> and to ask you to that's share wholesome. That with us. <laughs> no, no problem. Great. I'm I'm happy to, and, and I went over it a couple of times. And yeah. I'll go it over it later also, but just to give you the list, and especially I think there's some people who are, who are, who are getting CE credits, and there are some lists and things like mention this and mention that. Like, <laughs> so I'm happy to share the list. And and this is, by the way, this is. I have to tell you that this is not so much of a list that I came that it's a list that I came up uh, yeah. with with my own practice and, and reading. It's not one of the Buddhist lists. We have a lot of lists. This is not one of them. This is a Nikki's list. Um, 
So, so what I have is, I'll just share with you if you want to just jot them down, uh, relaxation and then joy slash enjoyment slash pleasure. And then there is seclusion slash renunciation slash letting go. And as I'm reading these lists out for people who, who have already written them down, you can just let them just wash over you and, and just touch into them as you're listening to them. There is the balanced effort, gentle, persistent. There is surrender, surrendering to the process, slash safety, slash friendliness. Got that? Yes, yeah. thank you. So You're welcome. Much. You're welcome. So the attitude is so important because what tends to happen um, is a lot of times if if we if we just get the instructions to focus on the breath and we're focusing on the breath and we're grabbing the breath and we're staying on that with focused attention, um, that intense attention becomes a recipe for frustration. The mind becomes really brittle and really cranky when, when there is a sound in the room, when someone coughs, when somebody opens the door, when somebody's sitting on too many cushions. It's just the mind starts to get really brittle and cranky because it's me and my object, me and my breath. It's just that. Um, so, so that's when the heart is out of touch with kindness and balance and surrender and relaxation and gentleness and all of that. So that container is really important for developing this practice. Um, one thing that I like to, to share from Utejaniya's teaching is that for him, he, when he teaches Vipassana, ad- attitude is key. And you, he always asks, notice what is the mind that is meditating? What is the quality of the mind that is meditating? And that becomes really important as you practice samadhi to check in with the quality of the mind. Is the mind that is meditating a mind that is filled with ease, um, relaxed, bright? Or is it a mind that wants, wants to get, wants to get concentrated, um, is, is getting irritable? is feeling it should. Like, look at the quality of the mind. It's so important. And then when you notice of the quality of the mind, um, simply notice, simply notice. All of you have background in mindfulness, in Vipassana. Simply notice. Ah, that's what's happening. No new reason to be judgmental or, 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 or beat the mind for its whatever behavior. Just notice, simply notice. The, the other very important thing I want to bring up in terms of the attitude is, again, as I was talking about a, a renunciation, an attitude of renunciation where you bring the mind back when you notice and, and you're really letting go, you're, you're renouncing the thoughts, the distractions. What tends to happen for some people, and watch out for this, 
um, is if you don't do that, if you don't have that gentle approach towards distractions, people tend to develop an adversarial, adversarial relationship towards distractions in this practice. Adversarial in that every thought, they get angry at themselves. They get like every thought. It just, it brings up, brings up angst. It brings up anger. It brings up um, lack of stillness, lack of unification. So, so notice that if thoughts are, if, if your attitude is becoming adversarial because you're, you so want to get concentrated that every thought, every sound is a distraction. Just notice that, because that will not be then an attitude to relax into samadhi. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So watch for that. So thoughts will come up. You'll be assailed by a million thoughts if you haven't been already. It's part of this practice. Know that every time you're noticing a thought and a distraction, and you're letting it go and you're gently bringing your mind back, in that moment, you are strengthening the unification of the mind. It's in that moment. That is the training. It's just that. So no reason to be upset or angry when distractions come up. They're giving you an opportunity to train the unification of the mind, to strengthen this muscle of samadhi. It's it's just as simple as that. And as we practice this afternoon, no matter what level of what level of settling your mind has, um, sub- subjectively in your mind it might be little or nothing or whatever, it might be a lot, whatever. But know that just the fact that you are applying yourself in that way, with this, in this framework, with this attitude and bringing your mind back, letting go every time, you are developing samadhi. You are developing that muscle in the mind. And you're also developing patience, which is one of the paramis, one of the ten perfections. Because in this path, the whole path, the whole practice is about developing ourselves as human beings. So we can learn a lot. We can learn so much about ourselves. And also cultivate ourselves in the process of trying to develop samadhi. Because we try, it falls apart, our mind reacts, we learn about ourselves, we try again, it falls apart, we react, we learn about ourselves. So it's we learn so much in that process. It teaches us teaches us patience. That whole process teaches us wisdom of how how we act. Do we blame ourselves? Do we blame others? Do we get what what happens in the mind when it falls apart? It will fall apart a million times today. I'll promise you. And through that through that process, you will learn. You will get it back in touch again with how, how to bring back together that attitude. It's all, it's all of a part. It, the whole thing is a training. It's not just, the goal isn't just you, you, you leave here with a, with a concentrated mind, unified mind. 
that's just a part of it. That's just part of the lesson you're, you're learning today. The whole the process is going to teach you more than even a unified mind. Getting that, if somebody gave it to you, it's like, okay, here's a unified mind, take it. You'll be missing most of the lessons you'll be learning today about your mind. So that's just as important. Yes, please. It reminds me of learning to play an instrument. Yeah. Most of it's in the practice. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Practice, practice. That's why it's called the practice. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. Yeah. So, any questions? Any comments? Anything about what has been said, experienced? Is this recorded? Is this recorded? We think so. We're not quite sure. We think it is. The reason why we don't know is there are some problems with the recording equipment. It's likely fixed, but we'll see. No attachment. No attachment. We'll know by the end of the day if it's recorded or not. Yeah, or middle of the day. Yeah. Other questions or comments? Okay. So... So I'd like to do a couple of things. So before, we're going to break for lunch at 12.30. We have some time before that. So before we do that, um, before I give you your your assignment for lunch, which I will do just before lunch, otherwise you'll forget now if I give you, we'll um, we'll do a little bit of an exploration of intention. Because as you know, intention is so important in Buddhist practice. And intention is so important in this practice and in the framework that we're creating for our practice together this afternoon. So this afternoon, again, I haven't given you any detailed techniques yet, right? So I will be sharing the techniques and we'll be exploring uh, the breath specifically in various ways um, and and tuning the attention with the framework that we have. So, So for right now, um, if you would get into your meditation posture to do a little inv- little reflection, a little reflection on, on intention. Make sure you're comfortable, relaxed. Settling in the body. Letting your mind settle within the framework of the body and the breath. And drop the question. Dropping the question within your being. Why am I here? What has brought me here?
What is my intention? for being here today. My intention for wanting to practice, to learn more about samadhi. Let the answers come up from the depths of your being and listen, simply listen to see what comes up. And now drop in the question one more time. And let the question resonate. What is my intention? And let the answer bubble up again. Maybe another answer. Now dropping the question in again, this time dropping the question, letting it resonate a little more deeply. Why? And see what percolates up this time. What is ever has come up, honor and appreciate whatever intention has come up. And drop the question one more time, even more deeply. What is my highest intention for being here, for wanting to learn more? Basamadi. What is my highest intention? And 
Allow whatever comes up to come up, or maybe nothing at all. It's all fine, no problem. And now open your eyes gently. And it is quite profound both to witness and to be witnessed <coughs> for what our intention is. It makes it more real to both witness and be witnessed. So for a few minutes, if you like, you don't have to, you can sit quietly, but I really invite you, encourage you to participate in looking around and just getting into a group of three or four people, just having a dialogue. Not only is exploring the intention is important in, in developing samadhi practice, but there's also something about relating to the people in the room that you're practicing with and you'll be practicing with this afternoon that does something in the mind, which I will explain more to you, that will be helpful in setting the context and setting the attitude for our practice today. So I invite you just to turn, turn around and with three, four people, just get into a group and we'll have a conversation for a few minutes. If you're needing to join a group, if you don't have a group here, raise your hand, please. If you don't have a group, you raise your hand. Join a group. Join a group through. And just share what came up for you. Whatever you like to share about your intentions. You don't have to share everything, but whatever you like to share. Connect with people who are on this path. And then, oh, one more thing before you start. One more thing. We'll do this in a particular format. It's called a spiral. It's a very, listen, 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 hello, don't start yet. Don't start yet. Okay. So the way we do this is in the form of a spiral. So what does that mean? One person starts and they share one thought, not, not a long monologue, but one thought. The next person then will go clockwise. The next person will share another nugget of thought and then the next person, and the next person. In this way, you're both sharing, and each person's nugget can give rise to the other person's nugget. And it's a nice sharing. Um, and, um, yeah, is the format clear? So one nugget, and, and you might end up going two or three times this way, which would be nice. Each person might speak two or three times around the circle. Okay? You'll go around and around. Does that make sense? Any questions about the format? So we are, our, so, our response is then based on what we just heard? Not necessarily. Or, sometimes okay. you might find it will be. Sometimes you may find it may not be. It just, sometimes you say, oh yeah, I was thinking about that too. Um, it's, just, it's just a format that 
that allows for that to happen. Yeah, but you can say whatever you want or not. Okay. All right, so please, please start. Whoever wants to start, start. And then you go clockwise.
please thank your partners and let's come back to the big uh, big group discover through that process through going that going through that sharing with your partners what did you discover what was that like a lot <laughs> care to share a little more than a lot actually let's could you kindly bring the Ellie can you bring the Right in front, please. Well, I don't. I don't want to hog the uh, microphone. Just, just one nugget. You can t- share a nugget. And I we'll would pass say that the, the, the through line was um, well, two words. One was stability, and one was remembering. Mm. I think the general consensus was how impactful you have been on all of us in this short period of time. Mm. Yeah. We were all at different levels of practice, um, very different, but just in the time we've been here, wherever we were on our journey, you've taken us so much further. Thank you. Thank you. We still have half a day left together. <laughs> um, I think certainly thoughts of deepening one's practice came up, and also sort of um, as you kept asking the question, it became more penetrating to uh, as more things came up. So that's that, and it was interesting to hear other people's perspective also about unification. Mm. So. Nice, thank you. Ellie, right here there was a hand. Right here. You still? No, we, oh. Oh, yeah. Um, as you'd mentioned, uh, there, there's a great deal of power in witnessing and being witnessed. It brings a whole new level of uh, uh, meaning and reality to what's going on. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Back there. Keep your hand up so Ellie can see you. Thank you. Approaching the practice with joy um, as, as a major intention was something that really resonated among um, our group. Lovely. That was wonderful. Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Thank you for those thoughts. So that comment is the perfect segue to the lunch assignment. <laughs> 
So, so my invitation is enjoy and take delight over the next hour of your lunch. Take delight in the food, in the eating, in the tastes, in the sun, in the turkeys, in the grass, and in in just take delight. Um, if you are here alone, I invite you to take delight in the silence and in the seclusion um, of the mind, in, in listening to the sounds, in walking as you walk, allow your your feet to touch the to kiss the earth enjoy every step enjoy every morsel if you're here with a friend you can either be in silence or if you want to enjoy each other's company enjoy each other's company enjoy being here together with another being um, and be each other's mindfulness bell because if you're if you're silent if you're alone, it's easier to be present and, and remember to enjoy, remember the instructions. If you're together and talking, it's easier to get confused. So your task is to be each other's reminders, to stay connected, to stay connected to the body, stay connected to the joy, stay, stay connected to the present and taking delight in everything. So rem- remember the Buddha sitting in the cool shade of the rose apple tree, and maybe you'll find a, in a hot day, cool shade to sit in and just enjoy, maybe stare at, at the grass, stare at the sky, just take delight. And I'd like to leave you with a Mary Oliver poem to wash over you and remind you to take delight, to really take pleasure. This, this is an important instruction for our afternoon practice, you realize. I'm not taking this lightly. Really, you're supposed to take pleasure and delight. (laughs) Or else. Or else. (laughs) So the poem is called Mindful by Mary Oliver. Every day I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight, that leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It was, when I was, it was what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world, to instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, but of the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these? The the untrimmable light of the world, the oceans shine, the prayers that are made out of grass. So to instruct yourself over and over in joy, not the exceptional, but the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. Enjoy your lunch, and we'll be back here at 1.30. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.